Spider-Man, Spider-Man Does whatever a spider can Spins a web any size Catches thieves just like flies Look out! Here comes a Spider-Man Is he strong? Listen, but he's got ready Hello, and welcome to the Superior Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdan, and I'm the editor of GrindMyReels.com. And I'm Mark Ginocchio, editor of the Chasing Amazing blog. Thanks for joining us for the sixth episode of Superior Spider Talk. We hope you enjoy this kind of monthly podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. Being that we just recently wrapped up Superior Spider Month, we have a ton to discuss. Uh, so in an effort to not max out your listening devices, we are breaking these episodes up into two installments. If you haven't already listened to episode five, we highly suggest you do right now. It's like a grindhouse double feature. Although I don't know if you necessarily need to listen to five before six. Maybe you do. I don't know. Anyway, uh, for episode six, we're going to be looking at the new series that were launched in July for the Spider-Month promotion. So that's Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Superior Spider-Man Team-Up, which replaced Avenging Spider-Man, and the Superior Carnage miniseries. We're then going to talk about some Spider news relating to some new series that are going to be coming out uh, towards the end of the year and the new graphic novel that's coming out next year. And then uh, we're going to talk about a classic comic from our collection. Uh, in keeping with the B-title themes, we're going to be discussing Spectacular Spider-Man number 67, one of the earliest Spider-Man boomerang battles. If you want to skip to a specific section, you can just use the chapter selection arrows on your player. And also, if you hear this sound, please check out your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. Of course, you can always email us your questions or comments that you have regarding this podcast to superiorspidertalk at gmail.com. Or anything really about Spider-Man in general, we'd love to answer some questions you have about the history or what we think about the future of the series. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash superiorspidertalk. Yeah, our Facebook page is a great place to keep up with us in between shows as we often put up our articles that we've written and other breaking news about Spider-Man universe. Uh, and it's a great place to get in touch with us. So please, like Dan said, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash superior spider talk. And also don't forget to leave a review of the podcast you're listening to on iTunes. Yeah. And if you go to our Facebook page right now, you can find several articles we've written as well as invites to some meetup events. Uh, Mark and I are going to be going to the Connecticut Comic Con uh, later in August. And I'm going to be attending Baltimore Comic Con and maybe Mark will be there. And we'd love to meet up with you at these cons if you're going to be attending them. Or maybe you weren't at- going to be attending them and now you're like, oh, well, maybe I'll go and meet up with uh, Dan and Mark. Uh, we'll be there. And at Baltimore Comic-Con, so will Stan Lee. So that'll be really cool. So go on our Facebook page and sign up to join us for the, our conversation. And if enough people uh, you know, want to meet up with us, maybe we'll all go out for some drinks. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, and the good thing about us is, unlike Stan Lee, there won't be a line for us. <laughs> yeah, I certainly hope not. No, I, well, may, maybe there will be, because this podcast is taken off, Dan. Let's get right into the thick of things here with uh, the first of the B titles that we're going to talk about, which happened to be my favorite uh, of, of the new three, Superior Foes of Spider-Man number one. This uh, was a uh, series that 
um, on, I think it was our inaugural podcast, I kind of derided and said, oh, what, what, what are we doing? I thought this was an April Fool's joke when Marvel first announced that we were going to do a, a series focusing on the likes of villains such as Boomerang and Shocker and the Lady Beetle and Overdrive, who I don't even really know all that well. I know he, he was introduced by Stan Slot a few years ago, I guess. Um, and the return of Big Wheel in the, with Overdrive. And um, what we actually got here for me is just one of the most fun comic book reading experiences um, that I've had this year. Um, it, 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 Nick Spencer, and uh, on who wrote it, Steve Lieber, who did the pencils, just really did a masterful job taking these D-list characters and, and giving them personality, giving them life. Um, the narrative style was was um, really unique in terms of how they um, used symbols and visuals in the thought bubbles to kind of progress the story. Um, I've never had more sympathy for Boomerang as a character. The jokes in the beginning with, you know, when he's going over his origin uh, as the baseball pitcher and then, you know, him getting his Boomerang powers and he keeps going, is this a sex thing? I, I just was cracking up. This This was... A phenomenal comic book. I can't, I can't heap enough praise on it, Dan. What about you? Yeah, I really had a great time. It's really funny. The, the comedic timing is really on point in, in this issue. Like, it's just, it's got everything. Like, you know, uh, just the little things are important. The way that the characters hold themselves or their reactions to things are all very funny. The only thing missing from it in terms of comedy is, like, Lady Stiltman. Like, that's the only <laughs> thing that can make it better. Um, and, you know, uh, it felt a lot like the Hawkeye book, which is really great. And, you know, I've seen some people complain about that, like it's trying to be a lot like Hawkeye. And it's, I think it's a definite decision to make another Hawkeye type of book. But I don't know if that's a, truly a bad thing. We could use more books like that. Well, that's it. I mean, and I even joked, you know, I was talking about when I was making fun of this concept in our first podcast. I think I said, watch, it'll go on to be the next Hawkeye, which, you know, how how prophetic I am. But, uh, you know, the thing, the thing with saying, oh, it's trying to be like Hawkeye, you know, that's like saying like, oh, a, a film director is trying to be the next Hitchcock or, or, or the next Kubrick. I mean, Hawkeye is a very distinct narrative comic book in, in um, comic book stands right now. It is unlike any other comic book. And I'm not saying it's the best comic book, but, um, you know, I actually felt that, that Matt Fraction was cheated out of the Eisner this year. I mean, I, I'm not, I, I don't read Saga uh, religiously, I know people love it, but to me, Hawkeye is is, is kind of a, a genre defining uh, comic right now. And um, so, to say something's trying to be like it, well, no. I mean, it's 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 a new kind of style, and and I feel that Superior Foes uses that style well because you know what what makes Haw- Hawkeye distinct uh, is is trying to capture that voice of the everyman in kind of an indie kind of way you know i mean again i mentioned the 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 visuals and the thought bubbles you know someone's talking about wanting ice cream and you actually just see an ice cream cone in the bubble instead of instead of them saying i want ice cream and it's just it's kind of a cheeky internet speak social media-esque uh way of telling a story uh that really works well in the universe of hawkeye and really works well in this universe because these are guys that don't have super duper powers. They're not. They're not overlords of the of the criminal world. They're not kingpin. They're not Doc Ock. They're not Green Goblin. It's 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 loser boomerang and 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 loser beetle and 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 you know the guy who's driving uh, what I think might be the worst or the most embarrassing Spider-Man villain of the world, Big Wheel and his and his vehicle. I mean, like this is this is what we're talking about here. So it needs that kind of cheeky, um, unique style to it. Yeah, this feels like a, like a garage band of of, of supervillains. Like they're just operating off of like the few things that they have, and um, and I really enjoyed all of that. I did have some problems with the book, though, um, and much of it has to do with the characterization um, of these villains and their like one their use of powers. Like we don't really see anybody um, other than uh, the speedster. Uh, like using their powers to like 
pull off any of these heists that they're doing. And I, I hope at some point we do see them actually utilize the things that they do have going for them. And also um, the characterization of Shocker I found a little bit odd. They're playing him up as this cowardly, like sni- sniveling kind of character that I've never felt that he was before. Um, it, how did you feel about that? Well, I mean, for me, as long as it's consistent going forward, I'm fine with it. I mean, if Shocker all of a sudden becomes um, this dominant force, like I can see where you're going. But I mean, at the same token, I mean, when was the last time we got a good Shocker story in Spider-Man? Not, I, I, not I, too long ago. We had the one where he took down the entire subway system. Oh, that's true. And that's we true. had the one in Spider Island where he's robbing the bank by himself and he starts turning into a spider monster. Like, yeah, but I, but I felt he was kind of dismissed in Spider Island. But you're right, the subway one was, is a big one. I shouldn't I shouldn't like you know put poo poo that too much. But I mean, you know, you're absolutely right. And 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 the, there, I actually my biggest issue with um, this comic is is where are we in the continuity? Because you know we just wrapped up this you know three parter at the raft where the boomerang was all souped up and you know but you know got an exploding boomerang to the face and was recovering from um these really heinous injuries and and you know and and chameleon is on the shield carrier and avenging spider-man and now he's in otto's you know sinister six lab and all that so it it it, kind of felt a little bit in of a separate time in a separate place um, well, it would have been nice for them to say it was a flashback because it definitely, I think, takes place before the moment in Superior Spider-Man number one. Yeah, I think that's been established by this point. But yeah, but there's nothing that really implicitly says that. Um, and, 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 and all the same, even if that's the case, it's still jarring when the current comics uh, you know, that you're reading have a completely different portrayal of the character. I mean, you know, you had Chameleon. In avenging, you know, stick a shiv in Spider-Man's neck. I mean, like, you know, and then this is kind of goofier. I mean, <laughs> it's well, for I lack wanna, of a word. I want to talk about the chameleon, too. I think this book misunderstands chameleon's power. Here they have him being a shapeshifter, which I know he has done in the past in an issue or two where they were trying to change up his powers. But all of the personifications we've seen of chameleon recently are – that he wears masks and he creates masks of people's faces or literally like Hannibal Lecter wears their faces. And here he's shape-shifting inside of a prison cell. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I, I, again, I mean, for me, it's if they're going to establish a universe here and then be consistent with it, I think I can, I can forgive some of these inconsistencies with larger Spider-Man continuity. I, I, I mean, and, and again, the writing otherwise is so slick and different from anything else I'm reading in a Spider-Man book. Um, it's it, it, I'm willing, you know, I just, I'm ready to overlook it. I mean, like for me, it's, it's, it's really been a long time since as a Spider-Man fan that I've been a reader of something that of a book that people are talking about, you know, like I always feel like, um, you know, Spider-Man has been overshadowed by more, um, popular slash critically acclaimed runs of like daredevil or the avengers or or, you know like spider-man especially over the last 10 15 years has very rarely been the it book even with all the controversy that the superior status quo shift has caused um but i feel like since superior foes has come out there's a lot of buzz about it a lot of people are like this is this is different and you know this is it's getting the buzz that that hawkeye got last year um, and so I, I kind of feel cool to be in on the ground floor here. So I still want to keep, keep, you know, I, I guess I'm still kind of riding the high of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, and I don't want to like, you know, undo all of the, the positive, uh, things in this book. It's a very funny book. It's very fun to read. Uh, you know, I just, you know, it can, it, it relies on us already knowing these characters. It doesn't have to really reintroduce them. It does introduce them again, but you know, a lot of it is okay. We exist in the Marvel universe already. You know these people. Let's tell a, an interesting take on them. But you, it's kind of like having its cake and eating it too. Like it wants to use those characters, but it's also not fully representing those characters um, correctly. So, uh, you know, I, you know, the, I'd like a little bit more uh, of a balance there in between, like getting it right and you know doing something new with them. I mean, if it stays consistent for the next, say, ten issues, do you are you more okay with that? Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, you know, 
Chameleon's power isn't shape-shifting. It never will be. Like, that's just not his power. Right. Um, and I guess if you establish why Shocker is a coward, you know, uh, and maybe we'll do that when we get, like, a, a Shocker-centric issue, which I think we probably will get, um, you know, that would be interesting. It's just not the characters that I that I know. Um, I don't know who the new Beetle is. Um, I don't know anything about Overdrive. So those are blank slates. Like, go ahead, write them however you want. Uh, but the you know people that I know already, like, I'm pretty sure there's like a huge precedent of people knowing that the chameleon doesn't just shape shift. So uh, you know, it's not a big complaint, but you know, it's 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 a complaint. I, I still really like this book. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you do you feel that some of the jokes are also a little too insidey? I know, like the 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 scene in the comic book shop seemed to draw some people's attention because you know they were making fun of all the variant covers and things like that as they're trying to pick off the uh, you know rob the comic book shop. It, it was a little insidey, right? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. You know, it's another thing. Like it was funny to me because you know I love comics and um, but like I don't really know if something that's that's logical that like a thief would do is to go rob a comic book shop. And it kind of seemed like the way for the writer to kind of comment on the comic book industry, which I'm fine with doing. I don't know if it needed to be in the first issue um, to like get your feelings about the comic book industry out of the way. And it feels a little cute, but like it was funny. It's just not my favorite moment in, in the series. The best stuff I think is the interplay between uh, Shocker and, uh, and Speedster, right? Speedster. Yeah. Uh, speed demon, speed Steve, demon. Steve, yeah, sorry, but speed demon, um, trapster no, is who he used to be. No, yo, he used to have a different name. The wizard. It was his old yeah. name. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry, I'm getting these characters who change their names. These, all these, yeah. <laughs> but uh, like their interplay when going to the apartment uh, building and going up the stairs was my favorite part in the whole book. Oh, the bird seed scene is just phenomenal i mean it's like don't you have superhuman speed and like what you imagine me carrying birdseed doing that i mean it's just <laughs> it's just some great stuff and and you know i mean the joke with the comic book shop is i'm reading this and and yes um i'm not usually a big person with variants but i did go out and get the uh the eight bit Mega Man variant of this uh, of this comic it was uh, so cool I know it, it was it was really cool. So I I, I paid the, the twenty five bucks to, to to get it. And yeah, yeah, I know. Um, but it's 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 my piece of memorabilia, I guess, of of Superior Spider Man. So Marvel, you took my money. God bless you. Um, but um, yeah, no, no. But, the, but like you said, the, the jokes were mostly on point. The timing is phenomenal. Um, I, I just I love. Uh, I loved Boomerang getting out of jail and then, you know, the dude he kept, you know, flipping off throughout is there waiting for him. I mean, it's just, I mean, some of it is even a little obvious, but it just, it just, everything felt like it landed in terms of the jokes. What did you think about the, um, like the plot? It took me like two reads to fully understand the machinations of the deal that Boomerang had made with Chameleon. I, I thought it was a little like, um, hard to follow and it could just be that I'm an idiot, but like, you know, there were a lot of like machinations and back and forth and quick turnarounds and reveals like Hammerhead isn't Hammerhead, it's Chameleon, and they don't really have a plot, but they do, and somebody's getting part of it, and he's upset with him and not yeah, with the and others. I was like, okay, hold on, slow down for a second. Yeah, and there's a heist, but there's not. I, no, I know what you're saying. It is a little confusing, but I, I, I almost feel like it's supposed to be kind of screwy and harebrained. Right. Um, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to need a few more issues to get a sense of what is actually happening here because, yeah, I mean, even even after reading that a couple of times, it's still like, okay, wait, so who's doing what? You know what I mean? But I, I think that's what the additional issues are for. And, and I mean, you know, this is a case of, you know, I talked about – we talked about in episode five where I said at one point that I felt that um, Superior Spider-Man was serving story over um, character – and and maybe this is the opposite. I think it this absolutely is, a, is. This is a comic that focuses on character over story. Um, but I like these characters. It's it, I, like I want to hang out and talk to these characters. I want to I want to hang out with Boomerang, man. Poor Boomerang. Like <laughs> who who who, who want to like like you know like he just seems like a kind of funny dude. I don't know. Except I, that I, he's a total dick. Like he's totally screwing over everybody in this book. But he's a he's, he's our dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your what's your grade on this one, Dan? Don't tell your wife that. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, no. No, definitely not. <laughs> I think this one lives up to the, uh, I guess, hype? Uh, was there <laughs> hype around this? I think it was like, this lives up to the surprise that we all kind of expected. I'm giving it an A-. minus. I think it's a really fun book. Uh, you can... You can scratch away the minus for me and just give me and, and leave the A. I really, really loved it. This was probably um, my favorite Spider-Man book of the year. I mean, you know, Superior Spider-Man Nine is probably the better story, but this this was I I I haven't had this much fun reading a Spider-Man comic in years. So A for me. And hey, it's going to keep going. So yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I think the big thing was, you know, this is a mini series, right? <laughs> That pretty much everyone was assuming that, and and you know, surprise, surprise, this is going to go, and and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's an ongoing, I guess. Yes, it's ongoing. It is totally ongoing. I mean, let's do it, man. I don't know. I don't. And I wonder if we're once we get through the superior, the Sinister Six, if we're going to have like a new set of villains. Uh, who knows? That's the, the the world is their oyster. of another launch which i think is a very loose use of the term launch we have superior team up number one and yeah i'm gonna open up with this dan why did we relaunch this title i really don't know but you know what it's the same book i was reading and i'm gonna keep reading it yeah i mean there's there's nothing objectively bad about it i mean it's 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 auto Beaten, you know, like once again, Otto doing prickish things. He's he's attacking Cloak and Dagger and Avengers, and you know, aren't you on probation? Which I'm glad we finally went back to that point because we haven't, we really haven't touched on that in a while. One uh, interesting thing that I saw in this is the Avengers refer to the murder of Massacre as a rumor in this issue, and it's yes, like, oh, okay, that, where was that bit of information in in the past? Yeah, that, that, that plot point is getting twisted more and more like a pretzel, I feel like. It's just kind of like, you know, first it was on live TV, and then, you know, it was a rumor. Well, then, yeah, no, it's, 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 a, little, it's a little screwy. Um, and we talked about that, I think, in episode four. Um, but, yeah, it, it's... <laughs> I just, I, I just, I don't understand why this needed to be new. I mean, this is, I mean, not to be cynical comic book buyer collector mark from the 1990s but this seems like a really gimmicky thing for marvel to do here to basically take avenging spider-man which was chugging along and doing its thing and you know it had it, it, even before the superior shift it had kind of moved away from the avengers team-up idea yeah, what um, do we think about that series now that it's done it's <sighs> I like the idea of having a team-up book, um, although I always like it more uh, in the context of when Spider-Man was kind of a loner character and not teaming up with, not not involved with mega series like Avengers and Fantastic Four and Infinity and Mighty Avengers and all these other things that he's doing now. Um, so, um, but still, I, I mean, there was there was some good stories in the avenging run especially during zeb wells um time on the on the title um and there were some other fun arcs involving like deadpool and hypno hustler and 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 you know some of the initial stuff with um otto with spider rock i thought was i you know i i just want to stop myself i keep referring to him as otto now because that's the character doesn't even feel like hybrid spider-man anymore it really does feel like Otto octavius i don't know i i i it just felt like i needed to point that out uh, <laughs> um 
but Avenging was 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 fine for what it is. It's 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 a B title, and and it if I missed a month, I don't know if I would be if the world would end. Um, but I enjoyed reading it. Yeah, it gave me everything that I wanted out of it. Like fun, most of the time done in one stories, and I I like my done in one stories a lot. Like it's got a beginning, a middle, an end, and it's like fine. I love the issues with Captain America and Hawkeye. Yep. I thought mm-hmm. were both touching. Revealing, um, you know, stories about both Spider-Man and uh, those characters and their places in the Marvel universe, and I and I thought they were really great. So, you know, I I enjoyed that series, and um, I thought it was a nice place to get something like outside of the main thrust of the storyline, and and I liked it best when it did things like that. Yeah, but the thing that's interesting now, I think, since uh, Chris Yost took over the title, and and now I think certainly with with this new newly minted title, is there seems to be. I feel like there's going to be a lot more synergy between Superior Team Up and Superior Spider Man. I don't know if Yost is in the writers' room with Slot when they're coming up with stuff or not, but the it, it it almost feels like these titles are going to kind of extend off each other, um, and. I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, um, but I just thought that was interesting. I mean, it's just kind of Marvel's way to get back to having three Spider-Man issues a month again like they did back in the day. I don't know, but um, it's, it's, it's just a kind of an interesting phenomenon because now I, I, if it, these titles feel really aligned right now. Yeah, which is funny because we complained about it last time that we felt like they, were, they weren't. So yeah. It's good to see that I think the characterization is the same in both this and uh, the minimal amount that we get in Superior Spider-Man 14. Um, yeah, I mean, the, 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 it, it kind of strayed during that really weird Chameleon Shield arc. I, and, and, you know, the more I read other people's thoughts on that, I, I'm, I'm kind of happy that I wasn't alone. A lot of people didn't, you know, just thought that arc was all over the place and screwed up. Um, but, I mean, for the most part, I felt... You certainly like when they did like the point one issue for avenging. It felt, I mean, it definitely felt like a postscript to ASM seven hundred. Absolutely, uh, and they were really advertising it that way. And um, you know, there were you know some, certainly some of the issues with like like Thor, I thought, and like even the um, the um, Sleepwalker issue kind of felt as a as an interesting preface to uh, Superior Nine when he did the uh, Parker act to me, um, but. Yeah, I just like I said, I, 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 there's nothing I can point out to this story that um, I, I didn't like, but I, I, just the fact that this was launched as a new title just leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, it's a really standard issue, and like, oh no, there's something wrong, and we have to stop it, and everybody's going to team up, and it's one of those classic like. Uh, you know, silver and bronze age problems where it's like, oh no, we're trying to do the same thing, but we didn't communicate to each other, so we're just going to beat each other up for a little while. And <laughs> it's I'm the, like, it's God. the th- it's the threes company of of Spider Man comic books. <laughs> it's Classic. like they're they're all like they're all like Al- uh, Alzheimer's patients. They're like, oh, Spider Man, he might be evil, except this time he actually happens to be. Right. <laughs> Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. So the highlight for me, seeing, uh, Spider-Man punch Dr. Strange in the hospital. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was, <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, although, I mean, you do raise an interesting point though. I mean, like the, the, the Avengers are really stupid in this comic. I mean, like. Aren't these Earth's mightiest heroes? Like it's just like it's killing me. I mean, you know, and when they did the whole, you know, are the Avengers going to find out Spider Rock's secret in Superior Seven? And you know, but one of the caveats was, well, Tony Stark wasn't around, and if he was around, he might have had a better lead in. And you know, here's Iron Man is hanging out, and it's still kind of like a doy. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not really there; he's in outer space. Is he in outer space? I thought he was in this one. Okay, no, I'm no, sorry. No, no, he's his his suit is there. Okay, but he's in outer space and he's controlling the suit remotely. Okay, all and right. And it gets blown right. up pretty quickly. Uh, all right. Oh man, you see that? But that's this is how unmemorable this comic was for me. I apologize for that. Um, all right, but <laughs> yeah, and um, you always get the whole Sinister Six reveal at the end again. 
again. This is, this is this is you know going back to episode five, which you really should have downloaded and listened to. I guess I guess I lied. You should listen to five first. You know, we got the Chekhov's gun syndrome again. Like like Yosa has been Yosa's had this gun, his finger on this on the on this trigger for for months now. It's like let's let's move it. Like what's going on with the Sinister Six? And 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 you know, here's the big question: like what what villain in his right mind is going to listen to Spider Man? Even if it's Spider-Man controlled by Dr. Octopus. Yeah, I don't know how he's going to control them. It's also interesting he has um, Vulture in his tank at the end. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed yeah. that. Like somehow I see, I he got that. Vulture yeah. um, from the raft. Um, Is Vulture blind? I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't have anything over his eyes. And um, – yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's interesting to see Carrion back, who is the weirdest Spider-Man villain of all time. Um, yeah, yeah, he I know. Started off as like a messed up clone of Spider-Man uh, who could some, for some reason fly that was never really explained, and now he's a virus. And yeah, we have to let our friend of the podcast Tyler Barless of Spider-Fan know because I know those Carrion stories in Spectacular are like some of his all-time favorites. Yeah, they're pretty crazy. Um, so it's interesting, and we're definitely—it's finally going to tell us what's going on, um, you know, with our good friend the Jackal, um, who yeah. is going to be coming back next issue. So that's good, at least. At least we're getting that over with. We're figuring yeah. out what's going on there. But it seems like you know. I mean, this issue was definitely all set up. I mean, it seems like the real storytelling is going to begin with issue two when we bring in this 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 uh, Kane. Uh, you know, Spider Clone Kane and Spider Man team up, or not team up, but 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 sibling rivalry as it's being described in the solicitations, uh, with obviously the Jackal's involvement, and I think that's where things are going to start to pick up. Um, I'm actually looking forward to that arc. I know you have issues with Kane um, and and Scarlet Spider, but um, I, I I'm grooving on the character. I like what Yos has done with him, um, but. Yeah, this is just a really huge, big setup, kind of scammy. It's new, but it's really not. It's the same thing you've been reading, and and we're just relaunching it and and trying to grab you with a lot, a whole swath of introduction and bringing in all these characters that you may or may not be a fan of. You know, there's Cloak and Dagger, there's Captain America, there's is Iron Fist getting there. I mean, it seems like everyone shows up at this one. Yeah, and I like that they kept the Cloak and Dagger uh, costume reversal from the Cloak and Dagger Spider Island series. Yes. Um, I love that book until it's kind of like quick ending, um, and I really wanted a follow-up to it, and I'm not going to get it. But this no. was nice to see them again. Yeah, yeah, no, it's funny. Cloak, Cloak and Dagger can't, can't get a book, but for some reason someone decided Morbius needed a, a series, which has been canceled which is kind of really a mercy killing in my opinion, but I digress. Uh, so, uh, what do you, what do you want to give this Mark? I'm giving this a C right in the middle. I, I might've given it a B if, if it, this wasn't promoted as a relaunch. Um, because so, uh, that, that was a pretty heinous sin on my part in terms of, of comic book marketing. I mean, it really is just avenging Spider-Man ongoing, um, so what, what could have been a, a B story became a C for me. And I'm giving it a C cause I think it's just a really standard comic book. It's like, Oh, fights and reversals, blah. You know, it's pretty, it's not bad. It's just okay. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. So that leads us to the third of the new Superior um, Spider Month releases. This is this is part one of a five issue miniseries. It's Superior Carnage number one, um, and this this is a comic that surprised me in a really good way, and not not in like a 
uh, knock my socks off way like Superior Foes did, but in a, I, I really was anticipating hating this issue, probably even giving it up after one issue. And there was just something about um, the story here that grabbed me. Um, you know, a lot of people actually really loved the last few Carnage miniseries that um, Zeb Wells wrote. Um, they liked like the dark tone and, and, and kind of the real horror, uh, you know, gross, gross out horror that it did. You know, there was like that. I know that. Did you read the the Carnage USA mini, Dan? Yes, I did. You know, the, I mean, there was that whole thing with the cutting, you know, the the cutting room floor of the of the of, you know the slaughterhouse with venom and carnage, and you know, and no one has legs, and it's just kind of really over the top in terms of the ultra violence, and and you know, carnage has just become so played out for me. I mean, this is a guy who's been, you know, the silver surf, surfer put turns him to stone, you know, the sentinel. Uh, tears him in two in space and, and yet Cletus Cassidy and his you know psychopathic babbling just keeps coming back for more um, and what I actually really liked about Superior Carnage is the fact that you know we're, we're basically accepting the fact now that, that Cletus is um, a vegetable but the Carnage symbiote is, is, is being controlled by proxy by the wizard who is trying to regain the Frightful Four and you know Frightful Four is obviously not you know, a Spider-Man centric uh, villain stable, but they're a pretty cool for me, Silver Age stable of villains. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to where this goes. I, th- I think this, I think it's a story that's possibility because this is the first truly different Carnage story that we're going to get uh, that we've gotten in years for me. Yeah, and you know, Carnage is just a character that frustrates me to no end. He's he's such a one note character and. His continued existence in this world just kind of bothers me. Like, who's allowing him to remain alive after all of the damage that he's done? Like, there is no redeemable things about this guy. And people make continually dumb mistakes with him. Like, you could just look into his eyes in this issue and see that the symbiote is in there still. Like, why are they walking this guy around? Um, Why didn't, like, Venom... Uh, or Scarlet Spider just straight up kill him in the in the end of Carnage USA. Like it's unending problems for everybody. Like his continued existence is a problem. Um, and I almost didn't pick up this book because I really disliked uh, um, Minimum Carnage and Carnage U- USA, which I thought had potential um, and just kind of like became silly. Um, although I did like the first Carnage series, what was just called Carnage, um, I thought that was an interesting direction to take the character until Cletus was brought back, and it was like, oh, God. Um, yeah, here we go again. Yeah. But that's but the thing. It I enjoyed like this an, book. I enjoyed yeah. this book. Because Cletus seems like a non-factor here. He is a non-factor. You know, as, like... Does the symbiote have an agenda? Like, does it need a host with a brain? I don't really know, but I think the real difference here is, like, Cletus is gone, and so is the dark humor surrounding uh, Carnage and his talking. Like, it's just a killing machine now. Yeah, and and, and I like the idea of using secondary villains like Wizard and Claw. We had Claw, man. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I was, there was a couple of people who were like, oh, and a lame villain reveal at the end of Superior Carnage 1. I love the fact that Claw shows up. Of course, the, the master of sound will show up as a way to tame Carnage. Like, like, what a great way to get that character into a comic book. I don't know. That's just me. Maybe it's because I'm a huge Secret Wars fan and Claus is just like a huge punchline throughout that entire miniseries. But, um, uh, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, there are questions to be answered about, um, the symbiote and, and what it can do without Cletus's brain, brain patterns. But I mean, there was still elements of that dark humor, but I felt like it was more cheeky. Like, like for me, like one of my favorite things was, um, the introduction, the first, you know, I thought, you know, and, and Kevin, Kevin Schnick did the script on this one. 
the fact that we had this intro with this narrator from this inmate describing, you know, he's this white collar criminal and he's going to this super prison and, you know, for villains because of the overcrowding issues, which I guess, you know, is the closing of the raft factor into this. I don't know. <laughs> but well, this um, is like the governor's doing. Uh, I, I don't know if that, yeah. if, who the governor is in this world or. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's probably not Andrew Cuomo as he is in New York, but um, <laughs> so but like you know, it was it was such a I feel like a uh, a great little homage to like modern horror movies where we had this narrator and he's going over all these things and he's you know he's crapping his pants because he's next to Carnage and you know the the, the guards are kind of taunting him and then you know halfway through the comic he's dead because <laughs> because you know the, it's it's it, you know. It, it, it's always a fun thing to, you know, introduce a character to people and kind of make them a little bit likable and sympathetic and then just pull the rug out from underneath them. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good little storytelling device. It felt more like like kind of class, classic horror without it being like really dark and grotesque and awful. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this series and I'm excited to see what – like I don't – I've never liked Carnage as a character. I think as a kid like – I thought the design was cool just because symbiotes were cool, especially when drawn by Mark Bagley. Um, oh, yeah. And it was one of the first, like, Spider-Man, like, full books I got, like Maximum Carnage. And looking at it now, I'm like, oh, this is awful. But, like, I want to see if they can come up with something interesting to do with this character, you know? Like, and if not, then I might be done with the character forever. But, like, yeah. you know, I think this is a, a new thing. Like, the next... Issue solicit has him like Frankenstein monster tied up to like a board. Like, what is that? I don't know, yeah. but I'm interested to see what that means. And have they teased who the fourth member of the Frightful Four is going to be yet? No, I, I thought maybe it was his son, uh, the wizard's son, although I don't know who the wizard's son is. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. A bad fan, but he kept, That's okay. re- he keeps referring to his son, so. Um, and joint rejoining the, the Frightful Four, so I don't know what that means, but. Maybe it could be Red Ghost and his and his apes or whatever that guy's name. <laughs> I would let's, love I would love to see that. Let's just let's just go like real like. Well, Red Ghost needs to be in uh, Superior Foes probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, or like Cyclone or somebody. Oh God, <laughs> Hypno Hustler. <laughs> this is a preview for your upcoming piece at Longbox Graveyard. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. Um, um, so, so what's your what's your grade on on Carnage? On, on you know, is, as, has he redeemed himself fully at this point? Or uh... yeah, he's on the path to it. I'm giving it a B. It's a solid book and um, it's interesting. I don't really know what the full story is going to be like yet, or if there's a character that I'm super interested in yet. But like as an introduction goes, it's a good one, and I can't wait to get to the meat of this. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go uh, B plus on this. I I just I like I said, definitely enjoyed it. Definitely a pleasant surprise for me. And um, the plus for me probably comes from the fact that you know you talked about characters you care about, and I was just excited to see Claw at the end. I don't know, I'm a sucker for Claw. Yeah, Claw, and his he looked really cool too. <laughs> yeah, he did. The art was great. Uh, that, that 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 does deserve merit here. Um, was it Steven Segovia who did the art on this? Yeah, uh, the double page page splash of Claw blasting. Cletus is really great. Yeah, and there and there was, I mean, a couple of really, really great splash pages in this. I mean, there's one of like the wizard kind of um, uh, narrating, and you see, you know, Carnage, and then Venom. You know, we see the two Venoms. You see the the Flash Venom, and then the the classic Eddie Brock Venom, um, and just like really, really good use of, of images. Really, di- really artistically uh, done. A lot of I felt like dy- you know dynamic natures to these characters. Um, I so be, hope to God Venom doesn't show up. Yeah, you 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 might have to yeah you might have to find a new god. I have a feeling that where there's carnage, there's Venom. So, um, and I think I might have even seen a solicitation that mentions Venom, but maybe I'm wrong. So we'll see. Okay. Uh, as long as it's not Cullen, Cullen Bunn's Venom right now, maybe maybe just give Venom a new a new attitude (laughs) for the love of God, for the love of of God, that same God. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's move into our Spidey news.
Tiny news. All right. Um, well, the big news, if you are looking at your October solicitations, uh, is the return of Peter Parker. Woo! Except it's going to be in a bunch of miniseries that uh, are, you know, kind of, I don't know, I guess they're going to be considered flashbacks or, or, or untold tales, things of that nature. Um, we have, um, well, the one that's actually coming out in October is um, Marvel Knights Spider-Man. So Marvel Knights is making a return. It's going to be written by Matt Kint. Um, and then I think the second one initially was announced for October, and now I'm seeing reports that say December. There's the return of Peter Parker Spider-Man, uh, which is going to be written by uh, David Morrell, who is the, the author of First Blood. That is the book that introduced the world to Rambo. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, so, you know, we got Peter Parker back. Um, and then if that wasn't enough um, Peter Parker for you, um, we, we, we're going to get a graphic novel in uh, spring 2014 by the great Mark Wade and James Robinson with art by uh, Gabriel Delato. Delato, am I saying that right? I'm, I, I, I think I, so. Yeah, that, that apostrophe throws me. Uh, which is going to uh, talk about Peter's long-lost sister, Teresa Parker. Uh, it's supposed to be like, kind of like a spy-type story where um, Peter's going to do things like wear tuxedos and things. And uh, the, the, I guess the, the quote on this one is, these are books you can give someone who has never read comics before. Um, so before we kind of go more with the spider news, just, just a first thought on all the Peter Parker stuff, Dan. I mean, it's exciting to see it back again. I mean, if, if anybody wants proof that Superior isn't here to stay. It's this. You know, they have long-term plans for marketing Peter Parker and selling books with him. You know, this You know, this is their, their character, you know. Um, these are meant to be books for anybody to pick up, and that's what's great about these graphic novels is they kind of float freely in time. And, you know, if he was going to – if he's not going to come back, they're not going to be, at, like, selling books about him. So – you know, it's a smart move on Marvel's part. How about, what do you think about it? It's it's funny. I mean, I, I I ultimately come to the same conclusion as you, but I see it a little bit differently. Um, in that, to me, this is almost a signal that Superior Era might be lasting a little longer than we initially anticipated. Because you know, the big the big theory has long been, oh, when Amazing Spider-Man Two movie comes out next next spring, you know, Superior is over. And and you know, I I've kind of felt the the kind of um, certainty that some fans have spoken in about this is is kind of a little foolhardy because you know if there's anything that Dan Slott and 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 Stephen Wacker and others at Marvel like to do is kind of play a little bit of misdirection with the fans here, um, and 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 that's saying in an unjustified way. Um, but like to me, I almost see this as like Marvel's cake and eat it too um, kind of strategy where they can keep Superior going. Um, but for like the people who are, are saying, but how can you have this movie with Peter Parker and not have a comic book with Peter Parker? It's let's start introducing new waves of miniseries and flashbacks and untold tales and graphic novels. And, and you could essentially have both characters running at your local comic book shop concurrently. So, you know, you can you can get your dose of Peter Parker. You can get your dose of the different Spider-Man in uh, Doc Ock. Or, you know, if if you're like Dan and love Ultimate, you can get Miles Morales. And, um, you know, I'm going to wager that probably before next year is up, we're going to get a Spider-Man 29 series. So then we're going to have Miguel O'Hara. And I think it's this is kind of some kind of large plan to have multiple Spider-Mans ex- coexisting in the marketplace. And, you know, but ultimately I think it's a good strategy. I think it's a good way to kind of allow them to keep the superior story going at, at an organic pace uh, without kind of deadlines being dedicated by Sony pictures <laughs> and, um, and still have Peter Parker material out there. Yeah, I think, I think, I think you're right. And, um, but I, I think these are meant to be like evergreen books. When you release a graphic novel with this level of artistry and these names on it, it's meant to be like one, an event at the time, but two, Something that continues to sell forever because it's not placed in specific continuity. Like, uh, Spy- I bet you Spider-Man Blue outsells any of the trades of, like, current ongoing um, because anybody can read it. You know, I could pick it up and buy it for my mother. I'm not going to do that, but 
I could. Yeah, you should. It's a great book. Uh, that's one of my favorite stories ever. Yeah, I don't. Uh, think, I don't think she would appreciate it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, no, no, you're you're right. I mean, these are evergreens, but like I like I said, I mean, I just also feel that um, you know, with these miniseries specifically, I mean, you know, as of right now, Marvel Knights, Spider Man, and Peter Parker Spider Man, I think are both slated to run as five issue minis. Um, but that's not to say that we're going to not get a web of Spider-Man miniseries in, in January and, uh, and, a uh, uh, spectacular Spider-Man series in February. And, Can we I mean, get Stern back again? That's all I ask. Well, Stern did the, the, one of the 50th anniversary one shots, right? I he know. And the, it was amazing. It was the best of the, of the, of those one shots by, yeah. by, by a mile. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Roger Stern, if you're out there. And you're one of our super fans. We we, we need you back. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, in terms of some other uh, news bits, we have uh, Superior Spider-Man meeting Venom. Yeah, this Superior is all out of Comic Con. Yes, this is. Yeah, these are all the announcements out of uh, San Diego Comic Con, which happened uh, in uh, late July. If you know, depending on when you're listening to this, um, and we're gonna have um, Black Cat. In Superior Spider-Man 20, uh, we got to get some Owl Octopus War references here, right? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, she nearly died there, and uh, it'll be interesting to see um, what the relationship is like um, between Ock and her. Um, you know, I uh, I remember Dan Slott saying in the press uh, the conference that I, that I watched um, that this will be another big status quo change moment, and uh. he's been pretty accurate about saying those things and i i would be willing to bet that this is not a positive uh status quo change moment because yeah. you know as one of his you know former lovers and someone who knows doc Gok quite well i feel like black cat might sense black cat might sense something here yeah i mean she might sense something or i mean to me the other the other end of it is is ak and his um his ego and 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 whatnot could end up exposing himself in some way with 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 felicia because um you know yes she knows him but we also know he does not like black hat i mean you know <laughs> like he she tried to screw him over and and you know i mean if we go back to that original bill mantlo arc i mean you know he was ready to 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 rip her limb from limb he as, was going as, out of his way to do it yeah, I mean, you know, so there, there, there is a, a seething hatred here, and we, and we already had the, the, the owl reference in what was it, Superior Ten, yeah. um, where they, where they referenced that that arc. So, I mean, you know, clearly Dan Slott knows his continuity here. Um, I don't think that's a plot point that's going to be forgotten. I read somewhere on the internet someone saying, oh, maybe, maybe Black Cat's going to be turned on by this new stronger willed Spider Man, and I, I, I do not see that. I like you said, I think this is more of a, a change for the negative. Um, in terms of of where this character is, where this character was in Peter's life versus how it's going to be viewed through the prism of Otto Octavius. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, and then I, the, the the final thing was, and again, this was a part of the October solicitations. We're going to get these three uh, interconnecting uh, one shots through um, X All New X Men, Indestructible Hulk, and uh, I think Superior Team Up. Yeah. Uh, involving the return, it says says in the solicitation the return of Doctor Octopus, and and boy is Superior Spider Man confused. Um, so, um, I know this isn't technically speculation, but you know, any any thoughts on who Doctor Octopus might be, Dan? None whatsoever. So I'm confused as well. Well, wait a second. I have a theory now. This 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 literally just came to me as I was babbling. Okay. Yeah. You know, we have we have Jackal, and Jackal is in Superior Spider-Man right now, and Jackal likes his clones. Does he does he steal DNA, and does it end up being Doc Ock's DNA? That would be the weirdest like plot twist ever that he's battling himself. Uh, it would be that would be really interesting. I, I I think I think there might be something to that involving Jackal because whenever there's a mysterious reappearance of a character thought dead. The jackal is never far behind. <laughs> that is true. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll put a pin on this one, guys, and we'll see if he's right. Okay. Okay. I. 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 I I'm all of a sudden in the last like five minutes. I feel very confident that this is somehow connected to the jackal and clones. So anyway, 
<laughs> you're writing your own story right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's fan fiction, man. Um, so I think that was the bulk of our news. Was there anything else I'm forgetting, Dan? No, I don't think so. Let's go and take a look back at some older comics. Spider-Man number 67, which we uh, so aptly picked due to the uh, wide-ranging success of Superior Foes of Spider-Man, because this is one of the first, it might even be the first, uh, battle between Spider-Man and Boomerang. And it's it's funny, I feel like when reading this comic um, as kind of a postscript to Superior Foes, it really lets, like... Boomerang is actually a fun little villain, and and you know he's a, he's a he's a yutz, but he's again like I said uh, earlier, he's our yutz, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's I mean I think overall Bill Mantlo, who was the writer on this, his 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 work on Spectacular is really underrated. I mean, there his run is filled with some really weird issues involving you know well we've talked about these characters in past podcasts like Swarm and uh, <laughs> Razorback and, <laughs> and and characters of that ilk. Um, but um, I, I always felt like he was overshadowed by Roger Stern, who is writing simultaneously on Amazing. Like, yeah. if, if Mantlo was the sole writer of Spider-Man, he would have, you know, gotten a lot more attention. But he has, like, the, the best guy writing alongside him. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and I mean, but with this with this issue and with Boomerang, I mean, like, it, in terms of this whole idea, you know, that that obviously Nick Spencer and and Steve Lieber kind of adapted in, in Superior Foes, like, where how did where is this idea that Boomerang is essentially a loser? And I feel like it's born here because I mean, this whole comic is Boomerang trying to impress the Kingpin. And Kingpin says outright, "Well, you're a bungler. You're an idiot. You know, like, uh, <laughs> what? You know, like he he you know tried to knock off a, a stoolie who ended up being someone that the Kingpin wanted to keep around. And then you know, uh, and then it's like, okay, well then go get Spider-Man. And Kingpin knows the whole time that he's not going to win. Like he's like you know he's he's setting up Boomerang to fail because he just wants to get rid of him because he's a jerk." <laughs> Even Spider-Man, when fighting him, is kind of like, well, I don't want to hurt this guy too much. Like, yeah, yeah. Although he does make fun of his speech impediment. I'm assuming there's a speech impediment that I, I you know, was that ever established? I don't know. But like, he, Spider-Man makes some kind of comment about how, like, like a stuckering thuck attach kind of thing. So. I don't know what that was about. Um, it's but, kind of hard to deliver in a comic. Yeah, very much so. Um, but it's it's a fun little story, and and you know I'm I feel bad for Boomerang at the end. I mean this was this is a pretty cool introduction into the character in terms of introduction to the Spider-Man universe. Yeah, his arrogance kind of gets the better of him in this, and you feel bad for him because you're like this. There's no way he can win in any way in, in this in this fight. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and unlike some of the other villains introduced during this era who really went on to be flops, like, there, there seemed to be something within this character that was somewhat redeeming. I mean, the fact, I, I mean, I don't know, like, you, I think the fact that he was never set up to be a serious threat is what gives him leeway. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, what's kind of like, mind-numbing about some of the other villains from this era you know the the cyclones the mirages the you know the grizzly the gibbon is that you know we're supposed to buy into the idea that um you know on a, good a serious day, threat yeah on a good day they can take out spidey and you know boomerang you have you know one of Spider-Man's, you know, upper echelon of villains and Kingpin basically being like, yeah, okay, go go take care of this guy. You're not going to win, but you can go try. <laughs> yeah, at least he's honest about himself. Yeah, definitely. So It reminds me a lot of um, 
the portrayal of Shocker in the Ultimate Spider-Man series, where every time he shows up, he just gets beat up without any thought, like yeah. <laughs> at all. I, I'm not sure if I'm that far into that series. Yeah, you know, you know, for the for those listening who follow us on Twitter, I. Dan has finally gotten me to read Ultimate. I'm I'm more than a hundred issues in, but I don't think I know. I, I remember any Shocker stuff. Oh, you've seen him a number of times. He appears like every five issues. Okay. And he just uh. gets like beat up. Oh, and he continues to upgrade his weaponry and continues oh, right. to keep getting beaten up. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we'll have to do an Ultimate podcast at some point, Dan. But that's that's beside the point. Um. So yeah, Spectacular sixty seven. Good. Good. I mean, is is. Or do, does the superior foes have you view this in a more positive light now, or or is has your opinion remained unchanged on this? Well, I've always enjoyed this issue, and so like I think if there was an issue that you know Nick Spencer read before making Superior Foes, it was probably this one. Like this is the basis of that series, I think, and that personification. So like I've always liked this issue, and uh, reading Superior Foes, I was like, oh cool, we get more of this kind of thing. So yeah. So let's move on to some comments and emails. Awesome. Okay, so why don't you take it away and give us the first one from iTunes there. All right, this one uh, is from Nightwing Nerd. Um, so he's a Batman fan, I guess, uh, or a Nightwing fan. Uh, and his title is Superior Awesome Sauce, five stars. Uh, this podcast is awesome. Uh, it's awesome to hear about Superior Spider-Man since I don't usually read the book. These guys are awesome. Keep up the awesome work. This podcast is not Crazy Town Banana Pants. It's awesome. Thanks for that. Thanks. <laughs> I think the point was that it's awesome. I will I, I will take your, your gratuitous use of awesome and thank you for it, uh, Nightwing Nerd. Even better is the next one is titled, These Guys Are Awesome. We are awesome. <laughs> and it's by alt underscore SM86. So I think it's Ultimate Spider-Man 86. So yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man, my favorite. There we go. There we go. <laughs> and uh, this is an awesome, awesome. Can I use awesome a few more times? Do it. This is, <laughs> this is an awesome comment. And it goes like this. Imagine your friends sit down at a Starbucks. Well, no, wait. What would you be doing at a Starbucks? You just left the comic store, right? Let's say you and your friends are sitting down at BK Lounge. You're all finished scarfing down Whopper meals or whatever, and a discussion is struck over Superior Spider-Man. The invested passion for the characters in the series, the knowledge that comes with being a fan, the admiration of the creators, and sometimes cheeky criticism that you know fuels their work as you discuss it on social networks. This is that discussion. Let me rephrase that for you. Superior Spider Talk, a Spider-Man podcast, it's lifelong fans and now friends talking about what makes Spider-Man work and doesn't. The conversation you have always wanted to have, all the things you think of and mostly things you don't while reading. I not only have recommended this to current readers, I got an old-timer, an ex-reader, and a hopeful fan to pick up the comic after listening to this podcast. I can't suggest this enough. Guys, if you love comics, especially if you love Spider-Man, listen to this podcast. It's great. And that was a great comment. That that is a really that's a that's a that's a hell of a comment. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little story in of itself. Thanks for spreading the word to some other people for us. And uh, I think you're taking the time to write something funny like that. Uh, you know, what I really when I saw that comment, it really made my day. Yeah, same here. Same here. Um, over on our uh, Podomatic site, which is uh, you know currently hosting uh, Superior Spider Talk, we got a couple comments. Um, this one's from uh, Ray Sumser. It says, just listen to number four, listening to number three now. Please keep them coming. Love the podcast. Thank you, Ray. Uh, yeah. Can I, can I do the second one here too, Dan? That one felt a little short and sweet. Yeah, me. yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Okay. I don't want to be deprived. You got to read that awesome – well, I read the awesome, awesome one, but you read the, the, the other awesome one. <laughs> uh, this Podomatic one is from Bill Payne. Thanks for the podcast. It's really great to listen to a podcast focused on one superhero – I listen to a number of weekly podcasts about all comics of the week, but the focus on Spider-Man is a nice change, and you guys do it well. 
Your love of all things Spider-Man is obvious, but the podcast doesn't get stupid, goofy, nor does it bring the hate. Thank you. And thank you, Bill. We really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, and maybe we get a little goofy, I hope. Uh, yeah, well, you know. I think Dan sometimes edits that out, though. Sometimes I, I think I embarrass him. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> uh, so let's plug away, Dan. All right. Well, you know, this brings us to the end of our show. And uh, you can find all of our Superior Spider Talk podcasts at superiorspidertalk.podomatic.com. Or you can find us on iTunes by searching Superior Spider Talk or just search for Spider-Man. And we come up pretty close to the top of the list. And if you do so, please leave a rating and comment to let us know how we're doing. And like we just did, we're going to read it on the air. If you have any opinions on these comics or any questions at all... Email them to us at superiorspidertalk at gmail.com, and we'll address and read them on the air. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash superiorspidertalk, and don't forget to join our events there so you can meet up with us at some of the cons we're going to be going to. So, uh, Mark, uh, where can we find you on the Internet? Okay, well, my, my home base remains Chasing Amazing Blog, which is being updated every Monday and Thursday. And, you know, there's been a lot of content on there lately, so a few days in between that. Um, the big thing I've been doing all summer is every Thursday I've been profiling a different part of the original Hoggoblin Saga by Roger Stern. Uh, and this is going to be running um, at this point through the end of August. It's, it's one, one entry a week. Um, in terms of non-chasing and amazing, you can find uh, my weekly gimmick or good feature about 90s comics and gimmick covers over at the Comics Should Be Good blog on comic book resources. Um, every other Friday, you can find me on sequart.org. That's S-E-Q-U-A-R-T.org. That's the Sequential Arts uh, Literacy Research Organization, and I'll be writing about Walking Dead there. Uh, and then in the coming days, somewhere around the second week of August, I believe, um, I'm scheduled to have a post go up on longboxgraveyard.com. Uh, and that post is going to focus on some of the uh, less than glamorous villains uh, in Spider-Man's universe. Uh, I, I can't wait of, to read it. It's, it should be. I, I actually think this one's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, most of the stuff I do for Longbox Graveyard is a lot of fun. Um, and... Um, in terms of social media, find me at Chasing ASM Blog on Twitter. And you can also like my Facebook page, which is, which is just uh, facebook.com uh, slash Chasing Amazing. Great. Yes. <laughs> no, no. Awesome. Awesome. What about you, Awesome Dan? Well, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Dan Gavazdin. And you can read my film reviews at grindmyreels.com. And I have a review up of The Wolverine right now. So if you want to know what I thought of that movie, you can do so there. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Again, awesome. Uh, So, yes, again, from Mark and Dan and all of us here at Superior Spire Talk, we thank you for listening. And we always want to remind you, as Uncle Ben taught us, with great podcasts comes Superior Spire Talk. Superior Spire Talk.